This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Kirsten Ferreri, Los Angeles, California, July 2006. The Divine Comedy by Dante Alighieri. Translated by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Purgatorio. Canto 6 through 11. Canto 6. Whene'er is broken up the game of Zara, he who has lost remains behind despondent, the throes repeating, and in sadness learns. The people with the other all depart, one goes in front, and one behind doth pluck him, and at his side one brings himself to mind. He pauses not, and this and that one hears. They crowd no more to whom his hand he stretches, and from the throng he thus defends himself. Even such was I in that dense multitude, turning to them this way and that my face, and promising I freed myself therefrom. There was the Aretine, who from the arms untamed of Gindetaco had his death, and he who fleeing from pursuit was drowned. There was, imploring with his hands outstretched, Frederick Novello, and that one of Pisa who made the good Marsuco seem so strong. I saw Count Orso, and the soul divided by hatred and by envy from its body, as it declared, and not for crime committed. Pierre de Brosse, I say, and here provide, while still on earth, the Lady of Brabant, so that for this she be of no worse flock. As soon as I was free from all those shades, who only prayed that someone else may pray, so as to hasten their becoming holy, began I, it appears that thou deniest, O light of mine, expressly in some text, that Orison can bend decree of heaven, and ne'ertheless these people pray for this. Might then their expectation bootless be, or is to me thy saying not quite clear? And he to me, my writing is explicit, and not fallacious is the hope of these. If with sane intellect tis well regarded, for top of judgment doth not veil itself, because the fire of love fulfils at once what he must satisfy who here installs him. And there, where I affirmed that proposition, defect was not amended by a prayer, because the prayer from God was separate. Verily, in so deep a questioning do not decide, unless she tell it thee, who light twits truth and intellect shall be. I know not if thou understand. I speak of Beatrice. Her shalt thou see above, smiling and happy, on this mountain's top. And I, good leader, let us make more haste, for I no longer tire as before, and see, even now, the hill a shadow casts. We will go forward with this day, he answered, as far as now is possible for us, but otherwise the fact is then thou thinkest. Ere thou art up there, thou shalt see return him, who now hides himself behind the hill, so that thou dost not interrupt his rays. But yonder there, behold, a soul that stationed all, all alone, is looking hitherward. It will point out to us the quickest way. We came up unto it, O lombard soul, how lofty and disdainful thou didst bear thee, and grand and slow in moving of thine eyes. Nothing whatever did it say to us, but let us go our way, eyeing us only after the manner of a cochant lion. Still near to it Virgilius drew, entreating that it would point us out the best ascent, and it replied not unto his demand, but of our native land and of our life, it questioned us. And then the sweet guide began, Mantua, and the shade, all itself recluse, rode toward him from the place where first it was, saying, O Mantuan, I am Sordello of thine own land, and one embraced the other. 
Ah, servile Italy, grief's hostelry, a ship without a pilot in a great tempest, no lady thou of provinces, but broth. That noble soul was so impatient, only at the sound of his own native land, to make its citizen glad welcome there. And now within thee are not without war thy living ones, and one doth gnaw the other of those whom one wall and one fosse shut in. Search, wretched one, all about thy shores, thy seaboard, and then look within thy bosom, if any part of thee enjoyeth peace. What boots it that for thee Justinian the bridle mend, if empty be the saddle? Without in this the shame would be the less. Ah, people, thou that oughtest to be devout, and to let Caesar sit upon the saddle, if well thou hearest what God teacheth thee, behold how fell this wild beast has become, being no longer by the spur corrected, since thou hast laid thy hand upon the bridle. O German Albert, who abandonest her that has grown recalcitrant and savage, and oughtest to bestride her saddle-bow, May a just judgment from the stars down fall upon thy blood, and be it new and open, that thy successor may have fear thereof, because thy father and thyself have suffered, by greed of those transalpine lands distrained, the garden of the empire to be waste. Come, and behold Montecchi and Capaletti, Minaldi and Filippeschi, careless man, those sad already, and these doubt depressed. Come, cruel one, come and behold the oppression of thy nobility, and cure their wounds, and thou shalt see how safe is Santa Fiori. Come and behold thy Rome, that is lamenting, widowed, alone, and day and night exclaims, My Caesar, why hast thou forsaken me? Come and behold how loving are the people, and if for us no pity moveth thee, come, and be made ashamed of thy renown. And if it lawful be, O Jove supreme, who upon earth for us was crucified, are thy just eyes averted otherwhere? Or preparation is it that, in the abyss of thine own counsel, for some good thou makest from our perception utterly cut off? For all the towns of Italy are full of tyrants, and becometh a Marcellus each peasant churl who plays the partisan. My Florence, well mayest thou contented be with this digression, which concerns thee not, thanks to thy people who such forethought take. Many at heart have justice, but shoot slowly, that unadvised they come not to the bow, but on their very lips thy people have it. Many refuse to bear the common burden, but thy solicitous people answereth without being asked, and crieth, I submit. Now be thou joyful, for thou hast good reason, thou affluent, thou in peace, thou full of wisdom. If I speak true, the invent conceals it not. Athens and Lacedaemon, they who made the ancient laws, and were so civilized, made towards living well, with a little sign compared to thee, who makest such fine-spun provisions, that to the middle of November reachest not what thou in October spinnest. How oft, within the time of thy remembrance, laws, money, offices, and usages hast thou remodelled, and renewed thy members! And if thou mind thee well, and see the light, thou shalt behold thyself like a sick woman, who cannot find repose upon her down, but by her tossing wardeth off her pain. Canto seven. After the gracious and glad salutations had three or four times been reiterated, Sordello backward drew, and said, Who are you? Or ever to this mountain were directed, the souls deserving to ascend to God, my bones were buried by Octavian. I am Virgilius, and for no crime else did I lose heaven than for not having faith. In this wise, then, my leader made reply. As one who suddenly before him sees something whereat he marvels, who believes and yet does not, saying, It is, it is not. So he appeared, and then bowed down his brow, and with humility returned towards him, and where inferiors embrace, embraced him. O glory of the Latins, thou, said he, 
through whom our language showed what it could do, O pride eternal of the place I came from, what merit, or what grace, to me reveals thee? If I to hear thy words be worthy, tell me, if thou dost come from hell, and from what cloister? Through all the circles of the doleful realm, responded he, have I come hitherward. Heaven's power impelled me, and with that I come. I, by not doing, not by doing, lost sight of that high sun which thou desirest, and which too late by me was recognized. A place there is below, not sad with torments, but darkness only, where the lamentations have not the sound of wailing, but are sighs. There dwell I with the little innocents snatched by the teeth of death, or ever they were from our human sinfulness exempt. There dwell I among those who the three saintly virtues did not put on, and without vice the others knew and followed all of them. But if thou know and can, some indication give us by which we may the sooner come where purgatory has its right beginning. He answered, No fixed place has been assigned us. Tis lawful for me to go up and round so far as I can go, as guide I join thee. But see already how the day declines, and to go up by night we are not able. Therefore tis well to think of some fair sojourn. Souls there are on the right hand here withdrawn. If thou permit me, I will lead thee to him, and thou shalt know them, not without delight. How is this? was the answer. Should one wish to mount by night, would he prevented be by others, or, mayhap, would not have the power? And on the ground the good Sordello drew his finger, saying, See, this line alone thou couldst not pass after the sun is gone. Not that aught else would hindrance give, however, to going up, save the nocturnal darkness. This, with the want of power, the will perplexes. We might indeed therewith return below, and, wandering, walk the hillside round about, while the horizon holds the day imprisoned. Thereon my lord, as if in wonder, said, Do thou conduct us thither, where thou sayest that we can take delight in tarrying. Little had we withdrawn us from that place, when I perceived the mount was hollowed out in fashion as the valleys here are hollowed. Thitherward, said that shade, will we repair, whereof itself the hillside makes a lap, and there for the new day will we await. Twixt hill and plain there was a winding path which led us to the margin of that dell where dies the border more than half away. Gold and fine silver, and scarlet and pearl white, the Indian wood resplendent and serene, fresh emerald the moment it is broken. By herbage and by flowers within that hollow planted, each one in colour would be vanquished, as by its greater vanquished is the less. Nor in that place had nature painted only, but of the sweetness of a thousand odours made there a mingled fragrance, and unknown. Salve Regina, on the greens and flowers, there seated, singing, spirits I beheld, which were not visible outside the valley. Before the scanty sun now seeks his nest, began the Mantuan, who had led us thither, among them do not wish me to conduct you. Better from off this ledge the acts and faces of all of them will you discriminate, than in the plain below received among them. Who sits highest, and the semblance bears of having what he should have done neglected, and to the other's song moves not his lips, Rudolph the Emperor was, who had the power to heal the wounds that Italy have slain, so that through others slowly she revives. The other, who in look doth comfort him, govern the region where the water springs, the Moldo bears the Elbe, and the Elbe the sea. His name was Ottokar, and in swaddling clothes far better he than bearded Wenceslaus his son, who feeds in luxury and ease. And the small-nosed, who close in council seems with him that has an aspect so benign, died fleeing and disflowering the lily. Look there, how he is beating at his breast. Behold the other one, who for his cheek sighing has made of his own palm a bed. 
father and father-in-law of Francis Pest are they, and know his vicious life and lewd, and hence proceeds the grief that doth so pierce them. He who appears so stalwart, and chimes in singing, with that one of the manly nose, the cord of every valour wore begirt, and if as king had after him remained the stripling, who in rear of him is sitting, well had the valour passed from vase to vase, which cannot of the other heirs be said. Frederick and Giacomo possess the realms, but none the better heritage possesses. Not oftentimes upriseth through the branches the probity of man, and this he wills who gives it, so that we may ask of him. Eke to the large-nosed reach my words, no less than to the other peer, who with him sings, whence Provence and Apulia grieve already, the plant is as inferior to its seed, as more than Beatrice and Margaret Costanza boasteth of her husband still. Behold the monarch of the simple life, Harry of England, sitting there alone. He in his branches has a better issue. He who the lowest on the ground among them sits looking upward, is the Marquis William, for whose sake Alessandria and her war make Monferrat and Canavesi weep. Canto Eight. Twas now the hour that turneth back desire in those that sail the sea, and melts the heart, the day they've said to their sweet friends farewell. And the new pilgrim penetrates with love, if he doth hear from far away a bell that seemeth to deplore the dying day, when I began to make of no avail my hearing, and to watch one of the souls uprisen that begged attention with its hand. It joined, and lifted upward both its palms, fixing its eyes upon the Orient, as if it said to God, Not else I care for. Teluce Sante so devoutly issued forth from its mouth, and with such dulcet notes, it made me issue forth from my own mind. And then the others, sweetly and devoutly, accompanied it through all the hymn entire, having their eyes upon the supernal wheels. Here, reader, fix thine eyes well upon the truth, for now indeed so subtle is the veil, surely to penetrate within is easy. I saw that army of the gentle-born, thereafterward, in silence upward gaze, as if in expectation, pale and humble. And from on high come forth and down descend, I saw two angels with two flaming swords, truncated and deprived of their points. Green as the little leafless just now born their garments were, which by their verdant pinions beaten and blown abroad they trailed behind. One just above us came to take his station, and one descended to the opposite bank, so that the people were contained between them. Clearly in them discerned I the blond head, but in their faces was the eye bewildered, as faculty confounded by excess. From Mary's bosom both of them have come, Sordello said, as guardians of the valley against the serpent, that will come anon. Whereupon I, who knew not by what road, turned around, and closely drew myself, utterly frozen, to the faithful shoulders. And once again, Sordello, now descend we mid the grand shades, and we will speak to them. Right pleasant will it be for them to see you. Only three steps, I think, that I descended, and was below, and saw one who was looking only at me, as if he fain would know me. Already now the air was growing dark, but not so that between his eyes and mine it did not show what it before locked up. Toward me he moved, and I towards him did move. Noble Judge Nino, how it me delighted when I beheld thee not among the damned! No greeting fair was left unsaid between us. Then asked he, How long is it since thou camest over the far waters to the mountain's foot? Oh, said I to him, through the dismal places I came this morn, and am in the first life, albeit the other, going thus, I gain. And on the instant my reply was heard, he and Sordello both shrank back from me, like people who are suddenly bewildered. 
one to Virgilius, and the other turned to one who sat there, crying, Up, Corrado! Come, and behold what God in grace has willed. Then turning to me, By that especial grace thou owest unto him, who so conceals his own first wherefore, that it has no ford, when thou shalt be beyond the waters wide, tell my Giovanna that she pray for me, where answer to the innocent is made. I do not think her mother loves me more, since she has laid aside her wimple white, which she, unhappy, needs must wish again. Through her full easily is comprehended how long in woman lasts the fire of love, if I or touch do not relight it often. So fair a hatchment will not make for her the viper marshalling the Milanese field, as would have made Galura's cock. In this wise spoke he, with the stamp impressed upon his aspect of that righteous zeal which measurably burneth in the heart. My greedy eyes still wandered up to heaven, still to that point where slowest are the stars, even as a wheel the nearest to its axle. And my conductor, Son, what dost thou gaze up, up there? And I said to him, All those three torches, with which this hither pole is on fire. And he said to me, The four resplendent stars thou sawest this morning are down yonder low, and these have mounted up to where those were. As he was speaking, to himself Sordello drew him, and said, Lo! there our adversary, and pointed with his finger to look thither. Upon the side on which the little valley no barrier hath, a serpent was, perchance the same which gave to Eve the bitter food. Twixt grass and flowers came on the evil streak, turning at times its head about, and licking its back like a beast that smooths itself. I did not see, and therefore cannot say, how the celestial falcons gan to move, but well I saw that they were both in motion. Hearing the air cleft by their verdant wings, the serpent fled, and round the angels wheeled, up to their stations flying back alike. The shade that to the judge had near approached when he had called, throughout the whole assault, had not a moment loosed its gaze upon me. So may the light that leadeth thee on high find in thine own free will as much of wax as needful is up to the highest azure, began it. If some true intelligence of Valdemagra or its neighbour thou knowest, tell it me, who once was great there." Curado Malaspina, was I called. I'm not the elder, but from him I descended. To mine I bore the love which here refineth. Oh, said I unto him, through your domains I never passed. But where is there a dwelling throughout all Europe where they are not known? That fame which doeth honour to your house proclaims its seigneurs and proclaims its land, so that he knows of them who never was there. And as I hope for heaven, I swear to you, your honoured family in naught abates the glory of the purse and of the sword. It is so privileged by use and nature, that though a guilty head misguide the world, soul it goes right, and scorns the evil way. And he, Now go, for the sun shall not lie seven times upon the pillow which the ram, with all his four feet, covers and bestrides, before that such a courteous opinion shall in the metal of thy head be nailed with greater nails than of another speech, unless the course of justice standeth still. Canto nine. The concubine of old Tithonus now gleamed white upon the eastern balcony, forth from the arms of her sweet paramour, with gems her forehead all relucent was, set in the shape of that cold animal which with its tail doth smite amain the nations, and of the steps with which she mounts, the knight had taken two in that place where we were, and now the third was bending down its wings, when I, who had something of Adam in me, vanquished by sleep, upon the grass reclined, there were all five of us already sat. Just at the hour when her sad lay begins, the little swallow, near unto the morning, perchance in memory of her former woes, 
and when the mind of man a wanderer more from flesh, and less by thought imprisoned, almost prophetic in its visions is, in dreams it seemed to me I saw suspended an eagle in the sky, with plumes of gold, with wings wide open, and intent to stoop, and this, it seemed to me, was where had been by Ganymede his kith and kin abandoned, when to the high consistory he was wrapped. I thought within myself, perchance he strikes from habit only here, and from elsewhere disdains to bear up any in his feet. Then wheeling somewhat more, it seemed to me, terrible as the lightning he descended, and snatched me upward even to the fire. Therein it seemed that he and I were burning, and that the imagined fire did scorch me so, that of necessity my sleep was broken. Not otherwise, Achilles started up, around him turning his awakened eyes, and knowing not the place in which he was, what time from Chiron stealthily his mother carried him sleeping in her arms to Cyros, wherefrom the Greeks withdrew him afterwards, that I upstarted, when from off my face sleep fled away, and pallid I became, as doth the man who freezes with affright. Only my comforter was at my side, and the sun was now more than two hours high, and turned toward the seashore was my face. "'Be not intimidated,' said my lord. "'Be reassured, for all is well with us. "'Do not restrain, but put forth all thy strength. "'Thou hast at length arrived at purgatory. "'See there the cliff that closes it around. "'See there the entrance, where it seems disjoined. "'While I'm at dawn, which doth precede the day, "'when inwardly thy spirit was asleep "'upon the flowers that deck the land below, "'there came a lady, and said, "'I am Lucia. "'Let me take this one up, who is asleep, "'so will I make his journey easier for him.' Sordello and the other noble shapes remained. She took thee, and as day grew bright, upward she came, and I upon her footsteps. She laid thee here, and first her beauteous eyes that open entrance pointed out to me, that she and sleep together went away. In guise of one whose doubts are reassured, and who to confidence his fear doth change, after the truth had been discovered to him, so did I change. And when without disquiet my leader saw me, up along the cliff he moved, and I behind him, toward the height." Reader, thou seest well how I exalt my theme, and therefore, if with greater art I fortify it, marvel not thereat. Nearer approached we, and were in such a place, that there, where first appeared to me a rift like to a crevice that disparts a wall, I saw a portal, and three stairs beneath, diverse in colour, to go up to it, and a gatekeeper, who yet spake no word. And as I opened more and more mine eyes, I saw him seated on the highest stair, such in the face that I endured it not and in his hand he held a naked sword, which so reflected back the sunbeams toward us, that oft in vain I lifted up my eyes. "'Tell it from where you are. What is it you wish?' began he to exclaim. "'Where is the escort? Take heed your coming hither harm you not.' "'A lady of heaven, with these things conversant,' my master answered him, but even now said to us, "'Thither go, there is the portal.' "'And may she speed your footsteps in all good,' again began the courteous janitor. "'Come forward, then, unto these stairs of ours.' "'Thither did we approach, and the first stair was marble-white, "'so polished and so smooth, I mirrored myself therein as I appear. "'The second, tinct of deeper hue than purse, was a calcined and uneven stone, "'cracked all asunder lengthwise and across. "'The third, that uppermost rests massively, porphyry seemed to me, "'as flaming red as blood that from a vein is spiriting forth.' Both of his feet were holding upon this angel of God, upon the threshold seated, which seemed to me a stone of diamond. Along the three stairs upward with good will did my conductor draw me, saying, Ask humbly that he the fastening may undo. 
devoutly at the holy feet I cast me, for mercy's sake besought that he would open, but first, upon my breast, three times I smote. Seven peas upon my forehead he described with the sword's point, and said, Take heed that thou wash these wounds, when thou shalt be within. Ashes or earth that dry is excavated, of that same color were his attire, and from beneath it he drew two keys. One was of gold, and the other was of silver. First with the white, and after with the yellow, plied he the door, so that I was content. Whenever faileth either of these keys, so that it turn not rightly in the lock, he said to us, this entrance doth not open. More precious one is, but the other needs more art and intellect ere it unlock, for it is that which doth the knot unloose. From Peter I have them, and he bade me err rather in opening than in keeping shut, if people but fall down before my feet. Then pushed the portals of the sacred door, exclaiming, Enter, but I give you warning that forth returns whoever looks behind. And when upon their hinges were turned round the swivels of that consecrated gate, which are of metal, massive and sonorous, roared not so loud, nor so discordant seemed Tarpeia, when was taken from it the good Metellus, wherefore meagre it remained. At the first thunder-peal I turned attentive, and Te Deum Laudamus seemed to hear in voices mingled with sweet melody. Exactly such an image rendered me, that which I heard, as we are wont to catch, when people singing with the organ stand. For now we hear, and now hear not, the words. Canto ten. When we had crossed the thresholds of the door which the perverted love of souls disuses, because it makes the crooked way seem straight, re-echoing, I heard it closed again, and if I had turned back mine eyes upon it, what for my failing had been fit excuse? We mounted upward through a rifted rock, which undulated to this side and that, even as a wave receding and advancing. Here it behooves us to use a little art, began my leader, to adapt ourselves, now here, now there, to the receding side. And this our footsteps so infrequent made, that sooner had the moon's decreasing disk regained its bed to sink again to rest, than we were forth from out that needle's eye. But when we, free and in the open, were, there where the mountain backward piles itself, I wearied out. And both of us uncertain about our way, we stopped upon a plain more desolate than roads across the desert. From where its margin borders on the void, to foot of the high bank that ever rises, a human body three times told would measure. And far as eye of mine could wing its flight, now on the left and on the right flank now, the same this cornice did appear to me. Thereon our feet had not been moved as yet, when I perceived the embankment round about, which all right of ascent had interdicted, to be of marble white, and so adorned with sculptures, that not only Polycletus, but nature's self, had there been put to shame. The angel, who came down to earth with tidings of peace that had been wept for many a year, and opened heaven from its long interdite, in front of us appeared so truthfully there sculptured in a gracious attitude, he did not seem an image that is silent. One would have sworn that he was saying, Ave, for she was there, in effigy portrayed, who turned the key to ope the exalted love, and in her mien this language had impressed, Ece an sila dei, as distinctly as any figure stamps itself in wax. Keep not thy mind upon one place alone, the gentle master said, who had me standing upon that side where people have their hearts, whereat I moved mine eyes, and I beheld, in rear of Mary, and upon that side where he was standing who conducted me, another story on the rock imposed, wherefore I passed Virgilius, and drew near, so that before mine eyes it might be set. There, sculptured in the selfsame marble, were the cart and oxen, drawing the holy ark, wherefore one dreads an office not appointed, 
people appeared in front, and all of them in seven choirs divided, of two senses, made one say no, the other, yes, they sing. Likewise, unto the smoke of the frankincense, wherein there was imaged forth, the eye and nose were in the yes and no discordant made. Proceeded there the vessel Benedite, dancing with girded loins the humble psalmist, and more or less than king was he in this, opposite, represented at the window of a great palace, Michal looked upon him, even as a woman scornful and afflicted. I moved my feet from where I had been standing, to examine near at hand another story, which after Michal glimmered white before me. There the high glory of the Roman prince was chronicled, whose great beneficence moved Gregory to his great victory. Tis of the Emperor Trajan I am speaking, and a poor widow at his bridal stood, in attitude of weeping and of grief. Around about him seemed it thronged and full of cavaliers, and the eagles in the gold above them visibly in the wind were moving. The wretched woman in the midst of these seemed to be saying, Give me vengeance, Lord, for my dead son, for whom my heart is breaking, and he to answer her, Now wait until I shall return, and she, my Lord, like one in whom grief is impatient, shouldst thou not return? And he, Who shall be where I am will give it thee? And she, Good deed of others, what boots it thee, if thou neglect thine own? Whence he, Now comfort thee, for it behooves me that I discharge my duty ere I move. Justice still wills, and pity doth retain me. He who on no new thing has ever looked was the creator of this visible language, novel to us, for here it is not found. While I delighted in contemplating the images of such humility, and dear to look on for their master's sake, behold, upon this side, but rare they make their steps, the poet murmured, many people, these will direct us to the lofty stair. Mine eyes, that in beholding were intent to see new things, of which they curious are, in turning round towards him, were not slow. But still, I wish not, reader, thou shouldst swerve from thy good purposes, because thou hearest how God ordaineth that the debt be paid. Attend not to the fashion of the torment. Think what follows. Think that, at the worst, it cannot reach beyond the mighty sentence. Master, began I, that which I behold moving toward us seems to me not persons, and what I know not, so in sight I waver. And he to me, the grievous quality of this their torment bows them so to earth, that mine own eyes at first contended with it, but look there fixedly, and disentangle by sight what cometh underneath those stones. Already canst thou see how each is stricken. O oh, you proud Christians, wretched, weary ones, who in the vision of the mind infirm confidence have in your backsliding steps, do you not comprehend that we are worms, born to bring forth the angelic butterfly that flieth unto judgment without screen? Why floats aloft your spirit high in air? Like are ye unto insects undeveloped, even as the worm in whom formation fails, as to sustain a ceiling or a roof in place of corbel, oftentimes a figure is seen to join its knees unto its breast, which makes of the unreal, real anguish arise in him who sees it, fashioned thus, beheld I those, when I had taken good head. True is it, they were more or less bent down, according as they more or less were laden, and he who had most patience in his looks, weeping, did seem to say, I can no more. Canto eleven. Our Father, thou who dwellest in the heavens, not circumscribed, but from the greater love thou bearest to the first effects on high, praised be thy name in thine omnipotence by every creature, as befitting is to render thanks to thy sweet effluence. Come unto us the peace of thy dominion, for unto it we cannot of ourselves, if it come not with all our intellect. 
even as thine own angels of their will make sacrifice to thee, Hosanna singing, so may all men make sacrifice of theirs. Give unto us this day our daily manna, without in which in this rough wilderness backward goes he who toils most to advance. And even as we the trespass we have suffered pardon in one another, pardon thou benignly, and regard not our desert. Our virtue, which is easily overcome, put not to proof with the old adversary, but thou from him who spurs it so deliver. This last petition verily, dear Lord, not for ourselves is made who need it not, but for their sake who have remained behind us. Thus, for themselves and us, good furtherance those shades imploring, went beneath a weight like unto that of which we sometimes dream, unequally in anguish round and round, and weary all, upon that foremost cornice, purging away the smoke-stains of the world. If their good words are always said for us, what may not here be said and done for them, by those who have a good root to their will? Well may we help them wash away the marks that hence they carried, so that clean and light they may ascend unto the starry wheels. Ah, so may pity and justice you disburden soon, that ye may have power to move the wing that shall uplift you after your desire. Show us on which hand toward the stars the way is shortest, and if more than one the passes, point us out that which least abruptly falls. For he who cometh with me, through the burden of Adam's flesh wherewith he is invested, against his will is chary of his climbing. The words of theirs which they returned to those that he whom I was following had spoken, it was not manifest from whom they came. But it was said, To the right hand come with us along the bank, and ye shall find a pass possible for living person to ascend. And were I not impeded by the stone which this proud neck of mine doth subjugate, whence I am forced to hold my visage down, him who still lives and does not name himself would I regard, to see if I may know him, and make him piteous unto this burden. A Latin was I, and born of a great Tuscan. Guillermo Aldobranceschi was my father. I know not if his name were ever with you. The ancient blood and deeds of gallantry of my progenitors so arrogant made me, that, thinking not upon the common mother, all men I held in scorn to such extent I died therefore, as know the Sienese, and every child in Campagnatico. I am Umberto, and not to me alone hath pride done harm, but all my kith and kin has with it dragged into adversity. And here must I this burden bear for it, till God be satisfied, since I did not among the living, here among the dead. Listening, I downward bent my countenance, and one of them, not this one who was speaking, twisted himself beneath the weight that cramps him, and looked at me, and knew me, and called out, keeping his eyes laboriously fixed on me, who all bowed down was going with them. Oh, asked I him, art thou not Odoressi, Agobio's honour, and the honour of that art which is in Paris called illuminating? Brother, said he, more laughing are the leaves touched by the brush of Franco Bolognese. All his the honour now, and mine in part. In sooth, I had not been so courteous while I was living, for the great desire of excellence on which my heart was bent. Here of such pride is paid the forfeiture, and yet I should not be here, were it not that, having power to sin, I turned to God. O oh, thou vain glory of the human powers! How little green upon thy summit lingers, if it be not followed by an age of grossness! In painting, Cimabue thought it was he that should hold the field. Now Giotto has the cry, so that the other's fame is growing dim. So has one Guido from the other taken the glory of our tongue, and he perchance is born, who from the nest shall chase them both. Not is this mundane rumour but a breath of wind, that comes now this way and now that, and changes name because it changes side. 
what fame shalt thou have more if the old if old peel off from thee thy flesh than if thou hadst been dead before thou left the papua and the dindi ere pass a thousand years which is a shorter space to the etern than the twinkling of an eye unto the circle that in heaven wheels slowest with him who takes so little of the road in front of me all tuscany resounded and now he scarce is lisped of in siena where he was lord what time was overthrown the florentine delirium that superb was at that day as now tis prostitute your reputation is the colour of grass which comes and goes and that discolours it by which it issues green from out the earth and i thy true speech fills my heart with good humility and great tumour thou assuagest but who is he of whom thou now spakest that he replied is provencan Savani, and he is here because he had presumed to bring siena all into his hands he has gone thus and goeth without rest ever since he died such money renders back in payment he who on earth is too daring and i if every spirit who awaits the verge of life before that he repent remains below there and ascends not thither unless good orison shall him bestead until as much time as he lived be past, how was the coming granted him in largess? When he in greatest splendour lived, said he, freely upon the campo of Siena, all shame being laid aside, he placed himself, and there to draw his friend from the duress which in the prison-house of Charles he suffered, he brought himself to tremble in each vein. I say no more, and know that I speak darkly, yet little time shall pass before thy neighbours will so demean themselves that thou canst gloss it. This action has released him from those confines. End of Purgatorio, Cantos 6 through 11.